Hello and welcome to another edition of NLB Pro Happy Hour. I'm joined as always by Brenton here and Bruce is uh, waiting in the wing to listen in, discuss all things MLB Pro. It's Tuesday, it's Wednesday. I don't even know what day of the week. It's Thursday, isn't it? Thursday. Uh, <laughs> Thursday. Man, these, these days are flying by. Before we get into the big stuff, take a quick look at today's games. Uh, Houston took down Seattle 5-1 to one behind Melvin Garner, moving to 3-3. Three and three. Casey Kelly did not give up a home run, so Sos was happy uh, about that. The Angels, uh, seven runs combined in the eighth and ninth inning to beat the Boston Red Sox 8-4. to four. Nomar Mazzara, his seventh homer. Jesus Montero, his fifth. The Texas Rangers and Cleveland Indians finished off a wild series. Another bullpen beating for the Indians as Texas scored seven runs in the seventh inning and on. Ryan Braun, Jacob Skoll, and Chris Betts all homered. Light day in the National League as the uh, Reds beat the Rockies 5-2. Martin Perez, his first win of the year. Uh, Colby Allard got to start in that one. We're going to talk about him here in a second. The Brewers with a 4-2 win over the Marlins. Jose Santiago, his first win of the year. And uh, the final game of the day, the Washington Nationals. And the player of the day, Mark Davies, 8 and a third, 10 strikeouts, 6 hits allowed, no runs as the Nationals beat the Diamondbacks 5-2. to two. And I think the man of the story, the man of the day, the man of the week is the aforementioned uh, Colby Allard of the Cincinnati Reds. Allard today pitched at Coors Field, went five innings, six hits, one earned run, struck out seven, walked two, lowered his ERA to a tick below 4.5, threw 92 pitches, in what many believed was going to be a, a start that wasn't going to happen. Um, speculation out of Cincinnati said – Allard was going to be moved before the start. I think there were some things that popped up and uh, allowed Allard to start today. And uh, I think the clock is now on uh, Colby Allard's status here in uh, Cincinnati. Brenton, what's going to happen? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? If he goes, where is he going? What's uh, what's your take on everything Colby Allard related? Yeah, you know, I think if you'd asked me this two, three weeks ago, I'd have told you there's no way, right? I would have thought, we, we all know Scott. We know the way he values his players. We know the way that he looks at his team. And honestly, rightfully so in that division. Like, we, we've all kind of talked about the fact that the Pirates aren't for real this year. So who's going to take that division over? The Cardinals are off to a slow start. Despite the Reds' slow start, they can come back and win this thing. So I think if you look at it, historically speaking, there's no way Scott moves Allard. I, I, or Allard, however you pronounce his name. But I think if you look at this year, from what I've been hearing from other GMs I've talked to, from speaking to Scott himself and speaking to you, I think there's been some legitimate offers made on Colby Allard, and I think it's a real shot. I mean, I know he leaked something out the other day, like 50-50. I think there was a real possibility that at one point he was more 80-20, and this thing was actually going to happen until a couple of wrinkles got, got thrown into it and we kind of fell off. I still think before the end of the week or Sunday, there's a real chance this happens, and we start to see – what I assume will be some sort of a waterfall, right? I mean, Tyler Pill isn't exactly a, a monumental move, but you see a guy like Kobe Allard move, especially if he goes to a contender, you start to see that that reaction, right? That That's always the most interesting piece in MLB Pro. How does somebody react? If he ends up in New York, for no way it happens, but let's say he ends up in New York. How does Mitch react? He ends up in Seattle. How does Matt react? You know, those are the kind of things that I'm always fast. If he ends up in a buckholes, Run team, how does the other buckholes react? That's what I'm very interested in. So I think we're at a 70% chance he's moved. And what does this start after that? Because as, as, as great as LR is, 
I don't know that he's a true number one. I don't know that he takes a team that's on the fringe and makes them a contender. He maybe takes the number two team in a division, takes them to, to compete in number one. But that second move is going to be the interesting piece to me. So I, I will be sitting back waiting for the all hell to break loose after he has moved. I think you're right. Uh, having talked to uh, GMs across the league a couple days ago, the sense amongst everyone, I think, was the same, that this was kind of like Bryce Harper a week ago. I think there was a lot of talk. Uh, but as days have gone on, and maybe maybe it's because of the offers that have been received, and maybe it's because of the play of the, the Reds, I, I'm with you. I, I think we're well above 50% at this point. And unlike Bauer last week, unlike Pill, unlike some of the other names that are going to be on the block – I either are on the block now or, or become on the block by July. This is a guy who's just 22 years old. Mm-hmm. It's his third year in the bigs. Some, some speculate he is an ace. Others maybe have him more of as a, as a strong two. But either way, here's a guy that's an innings eater at the top of the rotation, making league minimum for another couple of years at 22 years old. So even if you do have to pay him, uh, his contract expires, I believe, in three years. Colby yep. Allard. Uh, yeah, after the 2023 season, even if you extend him at any point between these years or, or let those arbitration years come, if you sign him to a seven-year deal, you're still talking before 30 years old. Uh, so you're not dealing with these major pitching extensions that take a pitcher into his 33, 34, 35-year-old season. I think the value is sky high. But the other side of the thing is, as you pointed out, is the division. A division that Pittsburgh is playing well. I think there is still some. Is Pittsburgh as good as their record? I, I think most people would say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same with the Cubs, who I believe are at 500. Are the Cubs really a contender to win the, the Central? Probably not. Uh, it's still the Cardinals division to lose. But there are many within that Cincinnati Reds organization that still thinks this is a team that can, can compete, as they did last year. Yeah. Um, and if, awesome if, they, if they make that trade, that goes out the picture. So, for the most part, yes. Uh, real quickly, sorry, there are people who will be waiting to be let into the room. I just was saying. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Here, we'll, we'll let everyone in right now. Uh, so while you're letting folks in, I would argue that, that honestly, there. Oh, I got muted. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. It says I'm muted, though. You're, no, I hear you. Everyone's unmuted. Everyone's good. Weird. Okay. My, my system is telling me I'm muted. So, I, I honestly think that there is a chance that should the right deal come up. And I do think that deal is out there that, that involves a piece that's not too far from the bigs. I think there's a shot that he's able to retool with a piece that's not exactly Aller, but, but is, a, is a couple steps below, right? Bump sale to that one, which is where you should be anyway. And if he can bolster this offense, the team hits, and he can replace a guy like Luke Croy, you know, get a, a decent hitting catcher in there he could still make a run at the playoffs this year while getting three or four pieces that can bolster his future to go with a guy like Hunter Green, you know, Noah Naylor that are already in that system that are actually pretty decent. And, and he's got a, a couple of pieces there. He has three or four more offensive pieces to that, that, that farm system grabs a, a two or three level major league arm right now. Um, I don't see why he has to bow over the race. I, I really don't. You know, I think the talk is, is, Hey, let him, let him run. And I know I put a piece up a couple of days ago about, this is his window with the age of his team and the contracts. I still believe that. I think if he deals Allard and does not get a, a major league arm in return, he has to make the move to just fuck everybody and, and sell it out. But I think if he there's there's a there's a realistic situation where he gets a number three or four, two, three, four arm, 
can piece enough things together, make another upgrade on the offense, and, and really still stay in, in play here while adding some future pieces to this offense to start setting himself up, setting himself up, excuse me, for when Dustin Pedroia falls off a cliff here in a year or two, when Cameron Maben continues to decline he's in, and all the LaCroix, again, falls apart. Like, he's already got his catcher of the future, but what happens at first? What happens at second? What happens at short? I think he can do it. I really do. It, it's going to come down to will the other team be willing to pay up? And when it comes right to the right point, will Scott pull the trigger? I don't know, man. I, I'm so fascinated by this thing. I think this is going to be one of the most interesting trades hires we've seen in a while. Here we are, 35 to 40 games, uh, depending on the team, uh, having been played. If you had to put a number on it in the National League, how many wins will it take to be the second wild card spot? Last year, it was 90. What will it be this year? Man, it's tough. You can't go higher than 90. There's just nobody. It's going to be can. lower. Yeah, it's got to be lower. Like, it has to be, right? I, I can't see another team winning 95, 94, 93. There's no way. Like, there's no second team in any division outside of the Central even. But even there, I don't think even the, the winner wins more than 90 games. So, nobody in the NL East, nobody in the West, nobody in the Central. It's, it's got to be 85. Matt, welcome aboard. Uh, what's your take on the Cincinnati Reds here? You, you've been a, an advocate that this trade market really boils down to four or five teams. Do you think a deal gets done? If a deal gets done, where's he going? I think a deal gets done if the trade and, and the offer that has been allegedly out there is real. I mean, if you're talking about two real top prospects and you're talking about two you know, very good prospects in addition to it and splitting it between hitters and pitchers, I mean, that's as great as Allard is. You know, they're sitting bottom of the NL Central, which is still the weakest division. You might as well take the shot. I mean, yes, they're technically I, – I haven't downloaded the file, but six and a half games back, you know, tied with the Brewers. But, you know, fourth or fifth in that division, it's a weak division. Could they make a run at it? Sure. But at the same time, you know, Allard's a great piece, but he's not necessarily – you know, the game-changing piece where if you're getting a top, even if it's two top hitters and then, you know, two very good pitchers, if those two very good pitchers are a three, you know, next year you target a, you know, pitcher first round in the draft, you could be back there in three years. It's an interesting spot, too, taking a look at the Reds' farm system. Only one prospect in the top 100, that being Hunter Green. After Hunter Green, uh, there really isn't much. Uh, some have been uh, impressed by the play of first baseman Leith Wenzel, uh, who's progressing nicely. But beyond that, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Noah Naylor behind the plate. Brian Owen last year, a, uh, I believe, a first-round pick. Alex Fido a couple years ago, I believe, a, a top pick, uh, I believe. Beyond that, there's not much. Uh, and some of these other players – that you've mentioned Dustin Petroya, how much trade value is there? Cameron Maben signed to a big deal. How much trade value is there? Will Myers isn't going anywhere. Uh, J.D. Martinez, there was some speculation that he was linked to Bryce Harper in a move last week. Nothing came about of that. Jonathan Lucroy, $10 million. Is the team going to budge on that? Joel Hanrahan entered the season with value, but not playing up to his potential. Uh, that really leaves Chris Sale, Craig Kimbrell, David Chester beyond um, – Colby Allard so it's a team that if they do pull that trigger uh it will be interesting to see as you pointed out the chain of events that would follow that move 
So I, I have a real quick question from Matt. Matt, I have it on, on fairly solid authority that that deal that you've been discussing, right, right the, the four top hundred offer is out there, right? I've seen the prospects. I've seen at least the framework of it. If that's the legitimate offer out there, do you think that that's something that the Reds take? I mean, if there are legitimately four OSA top 100 prospects out there, does he jump at it? You know Scott as well as anybody. You think he makes the move? Yeah, I mean, I think he said the other day, he follows his scout. So, you know, while it could be four, you know, league-wide players that we're all in agreement are good, if he's, you know, trusting his scout and his scout doesn't see the same thing, then maybe it's a different story. But I think if you have that kind of offer – for anyone, you know, obviously we've had the change in the rules over the last few weeks to go in and kind of push towards more of a quality over quantity. There's not much better quality than you're getting than, you know, an even spit, split between hitting and pitching yep. and four prospects. You know, like you said, he's a pretty aging team. His options right now are either he has to push to go all in, and I don't see that as something he's doing. I know he's been pretty reluctant to discuss green in any trades. Um, you know, if that's the right choice, who knows, you know, it's yet to be seen, but if you're not going to move green, I don't see him getting a piece that's going to be good enough to, to push him, you know, into the top of that division. I think the Cardinals are going to end up there at the end of this year. Um, so I think if you're going to do it, it doesn't have to be a full rebuild. He can, he can, you know, trade Allard and, and, you know, come back to it in a couple of years and who knows? I mean, Allard, I believe has three more years after this. Maybe you Correct. trade him for those four prospects, ask for, you know, one more on the side and try and pick him up in free agency in a few years. That's a, uh, that's a plan. Um, from trades that might happen to a trade that did happen today, a, a trade that got a uh, quite the reception in the league chat tonight when it was uh, announced, Tyler Pill moved again. Uh, is that his third time being trade traded since like April 1st? Uh going from Atlanta to Cleveland in exchange for top uh, pitching prospects of Cleveland's Brody Matthews and Riley Pint. We'll start uh, because we have a, a member of that trade with us. What was the thought process from Atlanta to move pill, move pill now? And uh, were you happy or not? Were you happy? Cause I'm sure you're happy. Uh, what's your take on the players that you acquired? Yeah, look, I love Tyler pill, right? I think he's one of those guys that his, performance much like Chris Gray in Atlanta outranks his statistical rankings I think if you look at the way the scouts rank him across the league both those guys they're not ranked as top tier pitchers right but they both performed very well in their tenures in Atlanta so I was happy to bring him back honestly when we did from New York although I never thought we would compete this year it was nice to get a piece back that would at least bring fans to the ball club and I kind of thought we would deal him at the at the deadline so when the Indians came asking about him, you know, kind of on, on the, the heels of the piece that came out a couple of days ago about the Indians being for real but needing an additional pitcher, I was into it. Uh, I, I would like to see the Indians take down, you know, League Dylan Rocky. I, I have no, no, uh, no qualms about that. But Quick, quick question. Yeah. yeah. Who's the bigger League villain? Is it Rocky or is it Aiden? I think Aiden's more, <laughs> more well-liked, I would have to say. Why, why would you think Aiden would be a, a League villain? <laughs> I I just think it's a divisive you know topic in the in the league. You know, there's clearly a feud there. It's kind of like you know which which of the Buckles brothers are you are, is the league villain. You know, one's more vocal, and you know I definitely think that Rocky's more vocal, but I don't know if he's the league villain. 
League villain is probably a, a strong word, but I think he's a fun person to, he plays that role very well. He, he embraces it, right? He's one of those guys that if you try to come at him, he always has a great quip. I think if you were to split the group on, on who is comedically on either side of it, I, th- I think he'd fall 75% on Aiden's side, 25 on Rocky's. But we all love Rocky and don't want him to leave the league. I think that's the way it would fall. Um, Most of us don't want him to leave the league. There, there is one who does. I don't think there's anybody in this league that anybody wants to see gone. This is a, a very good group of 30-plus individuals, 30, you know, one or two, depending on how many GMs there are. Um, I'd, I'd be more than okay if Kaiser left the league. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start the. I'll, like, I'll pay for that. That's fine. Um, what the fuck were we talking about? What What's the outlook of Brody Matthews and Riley? There we go. This year, next year, what, what's the ceiling? What, what's our take on on what what we got? To me, all three are flyers, right? That none, nobody there is a, is a surefire starter anywhere. That you've got good stuff and good makeup from both Pine and Matthews. Both of them have solid personalities. They have solid stuff, decent movement. They have control issues. They're older in the lower levels. So there's concerns, right? But for me, dumping $9.5 million in, in this year's salary, it gets me back into the black, so I'm no longer losing money this year. Losing a guy like Matthew, Matthew Thompson, I think is his name. I, I like the kid. He's a fast first baseman. He was never going to be an impact player. So a couple guys that were never going to play into my long-term plans, take some flyers on some young arms that have some speed behind it, have good stuff, and can maybe develop a little bit of control. I'm into that. Plus a guy like Gregorio Lopez who – a bit of a hothead, but definitely has a decent bat that could, could iron itself out here at, at 24 in AAA after another year of seasoning. I'm into taking that chance, right? I, I think this is just more lottery pieces for my rebuild here in a couple of years, and I couldn't be happier with, with both where Hill lands from a personal side and where my team ends up playing. On the other side of things, Matt, you're uh, obviously uh, in the American League. You now not to start, I think, the Astros in division, but still plenty of time to go on the year. And I think still a team everyone sees competing for a playoff spot before it's all over. Um, what's our take on Cleveland? Is it a move that makes sense for Cleveland, a team that last year was in position to make the playoffs come the trade deadline before a late-season collapse? Uh, is this a move that made Cleveland uh, that much better? I don't know if you'd say that much better, but I definitely think it's an improvement. Again, any time that you're able to put in you know, a sixth competent starter, um, you know, you can't possibly complain about that. You know, right now looking, they've got Julio Rosado, former top prospect as their five, um, but Michael Pineda and Sean Stevens have been struggling a ton. So, you know, even if it's just spelling them for a start or two, bringing in another guy who can, you know, re- reasonably pitch, you know, deep into games, it, I mean, you can never complain about that. So I think it's a smart move. You know, they they sold the farm uh, you know, really big this offseason when they went off after Strasburg. Um, you know, so they're trying to go all in. And if that's, you know, route that they're going to go, then, you know, this is another move in that direction. Sean Stevens coming off of a very strong start in his last outing. Uh, you mentioned Strasburg and Swift, the, as good as any one, two. We combined 12 and 0 and 14 starts. And it has been awful. Uh, but when you're, uh, have a, I never know the correct terminology to pronounce it, uh, but the, the betting average on balls in play is at 355, an increase of 140 points from last year's stint with Toronto. So if, if Cleveland's fielders could get in the way of balls at all, uh, Pineda should see some success moving forward. Um, 
Matt, what else was on your mind? Uh, Brent and I were discussing things before the show. Uh, what else was going through yours? What are we seeing around the league? What's the biggest storyline to you? Well, I had a question for Brent. Is, you know, you kind of talk about that last trade is, you know, you got a couple more lottery tickets. I don't remember who it was the other day, but, uh, you know, kind of mentioned that a lot of the guys that you've gotten are good, you know, quantity guys, and they're really, you know, nice, maybe filler pieces, decent starters. But, you know, there's been a little bit of a lack of, uh, you know, superstar talent that you've gotten back in these trades. I think there's a few guys in there. I'm actually just going through and, and updating my, uh, my own personal database and, and my rankings. And, you know, a guy like Rivera and, you know, Jamie Vega, I think are top quality players. Um, you know, but at some point, do you, what's the plan? You know, obviously you can't have a team of two stars and, and uh, you know, a bunch of role players when you've got teams like the Angels and Seattle and Toronto in, in this league? Yeah, that's an interesting question, man. Like, I remember seeing that and really sitting back and looking at the squad because there's some guys in there I really dig. I think I'm higher on Brendan Malone and, and Pedro Jimenez than a lot of people are maybe. Um, Royce Lewis, I'm a really big fan of. Brendan Rodgers. I see some guys in there that I really think could be – Let's not forget Matthew Thompson and the lottery. Uh, <laughs> that was a very interesting trip. addition, sure. Um I wonder sometimes if I'm a product, if I'm like a, a victim of my own creation here, right? I think this rule that came about was mostly driven towards what I've created. These, these massive, ridiculous trades with 11 players coming back because I just sit around and wait and add another player here and there, and it just kind of grows. As opposed to looking at grabbing somebody's top player, grabbing four or five of their lesser ones, hoping they develop and hoping that my engine can work. So it's an interesting piece, man. I'll be, I'll be very curious to see how this builds as we get two three years into it because I think there's guys down there like the CJ Abrams like um, you know Matt Weaver or Bill Weaver excuse me some guys that are that are kind of right below that B to A level that if they develop a little bit I've got myself a roster of, of really good players I'm, I'm really relying on the development aspect of this game to, to work and I don't know that we've seen a rebuild model that for that necessarily in this league to this point work I, I think we've seen it tried I don't know we've seen it work yet so I'm taking a shot at that being the case without really being able to go out and get a guy like Vlad Guerrero Jr. he was never on the table for me at any point right he was never going to be taken I came after Fernando Tatis and I was told flat out like fuck off it's not happening right so so a lot of these big ticket guys they're just uh who's the kid in in um drew lock in boston again another piece like i was told no flat out no it's never happening so it's not that i didn't go after these guys it's i went and it never happened so i started looking at how do i get pieces that could turn into this player and i'm now sitting here with a bunch of dudes that are like hey you know plus five here plus five there i've got some really good people uh, you know, minus five the other direction, I'm fucked. But I guess I'm kind of in the situation where I'm hoping against hope that this works out and I've got enough lottery tickets out there that something should pay off. Um, probably not what you want to hear as a fan base, but that's kind of the situation I'm in. Well, and obviously you're, you know, second, you'll be the second or third pick this upcoming season. Um, you know, that's not going not, not gonna to hurt, you know, pour a little bit of money into the amateur scouting and, you know, find a gem. Yeah, I think if I can pick out somebody like Vlad Guerrero from a couple of years ago and add him to this mix, I'm super happy with the, with the middle infield of Royce Lewis and Brendan Rodgers. I like Marvin Groon at third base. He's young enough that, that he should stick there long term, you know. Um, there's a lot of pieces out there. Like, my whole outfield's a disaster, and I think I have to find some pieces out there. I've got some young guys. But, again, like you said, 
that they're they're young and unproven. They need some development. So yeah, the Braves could be the 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 shit team of this division for years, or who knows? Maybe we'll work out great. But I'm in it for the long haul. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Taking a look at this weekend, uh, are there any series that stand out to everyone? Just a quick rundown of what we have. We have the Nationals uh, taking their talents to Chicago and the Cubs. The Red Sox and Yankees renew their rivalry. A uh, battle of 20-plus win teams in the Phillies and Pirates. The Angels head to Baltimore to take on the Orioles. AL Central Cleveland's in Detroit this weekend. Texas heads to Tampa. Miami uh, heads over to your neck of the woods in Atlanta. The uh, Astros continue to host Seattle, a four-game series. Kansas City on the road at Minnesota, Arizona, and Milwaukee. Uh, perhaps the best series on paper uh, would be the Mets in St. Louis. Uh, I don't know if Kershaw might be lined up, but Clayton has been dynamite recently. The Reds continue their series in Colorado, another four-gamer. <laughs> Toronto heads out west to take on the A's, the Dodgers and Padres in a battle of Southern California. And our interleague series of the week is the White Sox and Giants. Uh, what series, what games, what's uh, everyone looking at these next few days? I think a sneaky one is that Kansas City-Minnesota series, right? The Royals have been better than expected, and Minnesota has just now climbed back to the top of this division. It's one that I think everybody thought was a two-team race. I still think it's a team race. But what happens if Kansas City goes and sweeps Minnesota? Like, where do they go? You know, they've never been aggressive buyers. They wanted to quick react. But two months in, almost, you kind of got to take your shot if you're still in the picture at some point, right? What do they do if they end up sweeping Minnesota here? That's unlikely, but it's just fun to think about these kind of things. They do get the 3-4-5 of the Minnesota rotation. Looks like Colmenter, Rivaldi, and Samson lined up. Jeffrey Hoover could be heading to the DL, another injury to the uh, Twins' bullpen. It is an interesting series. Uh, as far as Houston goes, uh, a big win tonight against Seattle. What's the outlook for the rest of the series pitching-wise for the Astros? Well, that might be our only win against Seattle this entire season. They've absolutely had our number so far, and I hate seeing them on the schedule. Um, I mean, there's a chance that we might see Juan Davia make his major league debut in the next couple couple days. I'm um, I'm still toying with it. Um, the issue is I don't know where to fit him in the rotation right now. Is Pat Crosby has been fantastic in this uh, follower role that I've been using him in the last couple days. I can't I can't force that out. And while Melvin Garner and, you know, Tim and Will Rainey and Dave Groves and Tim James haven't quite pitched to where I expect them to. I mean, Garner was one of the better pitchers in MLB Pro last year, pitching to 292 ERA. Um, I mean, he's at a 7-7 now, but I can't reasonably, you know, take that out of the rotation just, just yet. Um, so it might be something, you know, maybe try and deal an arm here in the next few weeks um, and then get Davia up here. We think that he's our future number one. Um, but, you know, for the time being, it's it's hope that uh, Pat Crosby continues his uh, strong run against the Angels and Mariners over the last few years. Pat Crosby's been fantastic. Uh, and even Melvin Gardner, as, as you pointed out, outside of I – mean, I think the right word is inconsistent. He had a great start uh, against Seattle yesterday, a bad start against Seattle last week, which was uh, – the week before that, it was a good start against Oakland and then a bad start against Tampa. So he's up and down, but when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's bad. Uh, and as you pointed out, a great season last year. 
you do, it looks like, run into the uh, dynamic duo of Holson and Bundy this weekend, which is never a fun experience for opposing batters. Uh, what else can we talk about? Any, anything else uh, itching anyone's interest? I was trying to get Sam to speak up about the, uh, the Dodgers start. I know that was one of the big questions. Was like, what the hell happened now West with – oh, he actually said he'd speak up to it. So, so the Dodgers were a team that I think everybody thought would compete in the National League West, and they've just fallen off. Like, I, I'd love to hear Sam's take on where his team is and where he's going to go with it. Am I able to be heard? We hear you, Sam. Let's, let's hear it. What's up? Well, uh, I can tell you that Juan Soto has been pretty disappointing. Yeah, after that's the start yeah. he had last year. Um, I mean, if he's available, three, four, <laughs> yeah, and five. Like, you know, I'll take him. Three, four, and five have been rough. Um, that includes De Leon as well as Profar. And then besides that, I would say the issue has been the bullpen. Um, let me look at it real quick. We the bullpen has a 6.15 ERA on the year. Um, I'm not quite panicking yet, um, but I'm 10 games below 500, right? So, and with the Diamondbacks, it's tough. Um, so I'm gonna be patient, you know, before selling the farm or selling the team at all. Um, I actually did trade uh, Roberto Lopez earlier this week, and that really had to do with his um, dissatisfaction on the bench and me thinking it's somehow contributing to our losing. Um, and the piece I got back there was Mike Ciani. Uh, I don't know if you guys have took, taken a look at him. Not yet. No, I have not. Yeah, but um, really like him. I think um, he's got gold glove potential. Um, the bats, I think, enough to be a star in this league. So, yeah, really hoping this thing turns around soon. Um, this weekend I'm facing, let's see, uh, the San Padres. Diego. Yeah, the Padres. Um, that's coming off two wins in a row versus the Cubs. Might we see julio you're urias at some point here in the new near future perhaps uh maybe experimenting in the bullpen i don't necessarily think so uh, to give a uh to give out a secret my scout's not all that high on them anymore um <laughs> here come the trade offers man like you <laughs> they're gonna flying in tomorrow <laughs> three two one yeah. and mitch is in your inbox Done. <laughs> yeah um I think a guy maybe to watch down at AAA is Connor Pilkington. I think uh, Matt inquired on him or at least asked about him. Mm-hmm. I did at one point. I know that much. It, uh, it, as you pointed out, Sam, it, I mean, you're just looking at your rotation. John Lester's been fantastic. Jared Cozart's been fantastic. Josh Tomlin's been good. Parker Markle's been fantastic. I mean, you, your starting yeah. pitching's been there. And then the loss of Sergio Romo certainly doesn't help. Yeah, that was uh, rough, I would say. But thankfully, I didn't give him uh, give up much to acquire him. But and then also Crusado has been fairly disappointing. And then look, look at the production of my catchers. <laughs> it's god awful. Um, and I think that's bound to change as well. 
Uh, no. Juan Carlos Estrada hitting a nice 128 for you in 78 at bats with uh, Logan Moore hitting a, a little bit better at 167. So yeah, thank you. I think to say you're not getting production out of your catchers is a bit of an understatement. Yeah, and um, let's see. I would say that's pretty much why it's going awry so far. Um, I uh, probably I'm trying I'm trying to think of who I would potentially sell um, down the road, but I'm gonna wait until the time comes. Honestly, I'd hope I would hope from a, a National League side of things that the, the Dodgers turn it around. They're one of the few teams we have that have the talent to make a, a run in the playoffs, right? You think about the. The, the Rockies, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Reds, right? There, there's a couple of teams out there that, like, us as National League romantics just cling to for dear fucking life, and, and I think the Dodgers are one of those teams. So, you know, for, from a National League GM to another one, I hope to God your team turns it around, man. Who is well, the I biggest threat? I absolutely love the uh, Diamondbacks, I think. Yeah, they're killer. Yeah, I think – and they still have Jeffrey Stone down at AAA. Um, he's going to be a monster when he comes he needs up. He to be called up. up. He's coming up soon. I think he's coming up. You know, you've got Parker on the waivers right now. I don't think anybody claims him, but I do think Jeffrey Stone, to your point, is, is up within the month. I think he's up within the week. I mean, we just passed the point where you get a full year service time, uh, you know, extra team control. Um, I mean, my scout is absolutely in love with him already mm -hmm. and thinks that there's still more to go so you know unless the vet's sitting around saying i'm waiting until he hits full potential which maybe that's the move i mean his team's rocking and rolling in first place right now so maybe you maybe you hold on to what you've got but i think you you got to get him up there sometime soon it's Vlad so scary about they're so good right now with him with Vlad guerrero with juan moran all in triple a like literally almost ready to make this jump they could be ridiculous in the national league for a long time. Mm -hmm. Bold prediction is they're the first national team to win a series. Fuck, I love it. So maybe not for a couple of years then. <laughs> that, that is depressing, yes. But, I mean, I, I, it's hard to argue, right? Like, the, the Mets are great, but, I mean, my apologies, Bruce. Like, is the, this Mets team going to win a World Series? No. There's no way. The National League East is a joke right now. There's no way this Mets team wins in the World Series. The Cardinals, I, for whatever reason, can't figure their own shit out. The Rockies, I love, but, like, again, I don't know. I, I can't see them being the, the team that does it. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's we have to wait until the, the Diamondbacks are ready. But I think when they do, it's going to be a fucking dynasty, and, and then we're all kind of in the same situation. But I don't know. The, the one-two pairing of Vega and Lincecum give the Mets a chance. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. On that note, we are hitting the Zoom limit here uh, any second now. So before we get cut, cut off, I just want to thank everyone for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, Brenton, continue to bust uh, everyone's shops and get these going more often because they are fantastic, uh, as are your shorter uh, clips. Those, those are must-listen for everyone. Uh, so let's, let's, get, let's hop back on here in a couple days uh, and go over what uh, the latest news MLB Pro is. But I, until next time, thank you, everyone, for joining, uh, joining us here. Thanks for organizing, man. All right. Thanks.